Hi, I'm Karen. Hi, I'm Shinkan. We are the hosts of the Unconventional Voices podcast. Our podcast is about demystifying the current academic landscape, all while exploring innovative approaches to thrive academically and professionally. Let's get it started. Welcome to episode 11 of Unconventional Voices. 11 episodes already. I'm exactly. so excited. Same here. Today, we're talking about dating. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing nervously? <laughs> because um, I've had a lot of interesting experiences with dating. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> but I don't want to start. I don't want to start. I want you to start. And you know, I'm laughing too, because I know a lot of friends mm-hmm. are listening to this episode. So, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. And this is going to be another very interesting episode that we're doing. Well, to be honest, I don't think I have a lot to say regarding dating because I'm like my dating history is kind of like boring i guess <laughs> okay how so um to start with dating from an eastern asian kind of understanding is different comparing to uh, the dating culture here in north america i would say okay i am at this age where most people would consider it's a very awkward way age because most of my peers they already got married they have their, their kids and stuff and then for us it's like we are the leftovers so when you're dating you have the purpose of getting married so it's very different so for example i was on a lot of blind dates my parents or the friends of my parents or even my uncles aunties they would uh, set me up with some blind date it's more like um as if we are going for a job interview or something because you have to showcase the best sides of yourself so you felt that you were being interviewed by your date or by by the dates as well as parents the parents yeah exactly yeah so like we are sort of like a commodity your education credential background is like one part of Mm -hmm. that you know like to add value to the image of you and then at the same time you know they would care about your family background like do you have a well-paid job steady job uh do your parents have a good job do you have a house do you have cars things Mm -hmm. like that so it's really toxic i would say (laughs) but this was when you were back home yeah, that's when I'm back home. And well, I mean, like in here, it, of course, like in North America, like I said, it's uh, way different. Here's how I can put it. I feel like in North America, when you're dating, you can still be you. But back home, when you're dating, it's almost like you have certain kind of purpose and certain kind of goals that you have to achieve. So you need to give the best of yourself or even sometimes you have to fake it. Like you have to pretend that you are that kind of person, but probably that's not really you. But here in North America, I feel like probably... No, I would disagree. Okay. I would completely disagree. I think that when people date here, um, everybody puts forth their best self. And I've been listening to this um, YouTuber and he's like, especially anyways, in the black community, the men will send their representative, meaning that not only do they send their best selves, but like it's a completely different person from the person you dated to the person you're in an actual relationship with. Okay. So uh, they say you got to really, and I'm, I'm not going to just put this on the black community. I'm thinking uh, even women, men, everybody, you sell, you, you send your best self to your date. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, so, and and then when you get more comfortable with that person, that's when you kind of relax and your true colors 
show. So I think going on a date is okay. You get to know the person, you get a feel for the person, but when you actually get into the relationship with the person, that's when you really get to know them. Oh yeah. That's actually the point I want to make. I feel like back home, it's like during the phase of dating, as well as after, like you in a relationship, or in many cases in uh, back home in China, it's actually after a few dates you might get married, and then oh, no. you know they you you will still pretend that you are that kind of person, and then gradually there will be conflicts, there will be tension because I do have quite some friends; they are on the verge of getting a. Divorce. <laughs> there's so much to lose in a divorce, and I think that's why a lot of Me people too. don't get divorced. Yeah, but I want the juicy stuff. Like I want your your dating experiences here. Me? Oh, yes. Wow. Do you go here on dating in... apps? Like, how do you meet women? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I use dating apps. Okay. But I don't have very good experiences with it, so that's okay. why I said my dating experience is very boring. Okay. Not much. I think there is a sp- kind of like um. Stereotype or kind of prejudice against especially Asian guys. Okay. Yeah, like Asian women are very popular <laughs> in the like I mean online dating market. If we if we put it that way, but sure. for guys it's different. Like okay. we are literally on the bottom of the food chain. No, 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 no. I would, I would. Disagree with you. I think black women are on the bottom of the food chain. And you know what? Next week we have Chris Dietzel. Yeah. And he's definitely going to talk about dating apps. He's doing research on dating apps. Exactly. And, and he's going to tell us exactly yeah. what he's found. But from my personal experience and from what I've heard, I mm. think black women are at the bottom of that dating app food chain. Okay. So why is that? Because um, we're black. And society doesn't consider dark skin or darker skin, curly, curly hair as beautiful. Society views fairer skin, blonde, um, straight hair as beautiful, blue eyes, beautiful. And we're seen more as a fetish item, like a fantasy item. Oh, uh, I mean, that's the same thing with Asian women, I would say. Really? Okay. I, I, so? I, I see it. I, yeah. I think, and I, um, maybe Chris will correct us <laughs> next week, but I, I think that uh, maybe all most visible minorities are fetishized oh, on dating apps. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say like the few months I spent on a dating app, my first question was like, have you ever dated a black woman? Mm-hmm. And, or is, is this something that is this something new for you and you, you just want to try it out? Like, so I was very careful about that. And that's probably mm. why I didn't meet a lot of people on dating apps. Okay. So my reason was that I didn't even get a lot of matches there. Like I said, I feel like, oh, okay. um, I yeah, a- Asian women, they are on the, I, I don't want to say they are on the to- top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Asian women, they are popular on mm-hmm. dating apps. Uh, like you said, it's probably because pop culture or the mainstream culture would consider Asian women petite in terms of their body figure yeah, and also their I hate to say this but probably people would have this stereotype that Asian women especially Asian women from Eastern Asia they are very submissive mm-hmm. like they are fair I, I see where that mm-hmm. comes from I blame porn <laughs> <laughs> I blame porn I, I agree <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah that's uh, probably uh, uh, the reason why I feel like Asian women they are popular on mm-hmm. dating apps but Asian guys I guess it goes back to that in uh, that that toxic masculinity um, uh, that notion like for Asian guys women or even 
guys, they would consider us, you know, less masculine because of our body figure, our appearance. And um, like on, yeah. on TV, the Asian men are always like the intellectual ones. Oh, not, exactly. Not the yeah. muscular ones. So it's really we're fitting into like societal norms or we're being put into social categories. Yeah. That yeah. we don't all fit into, that none of us fit into. Exactly. And that's why, you know, when we come up with the name of our podcast, I was saying we need to embody the unconventional sides of ourselves or the atypical sides of ourselves. Because I do feel like both of us, yes, we don't, like, I don't like those labels, those tags on us. When it comes to dating culture or <laughs> simply like having a relationship uh, or to find someone that you really like, all those tags, they suddenly are so visible mm-hmm. and they are, they're giving you a hard time, I would say. <laughs> And I really feel like there should be something that we can do or scholars should dig into this field and just to uncover some of the or like represent the voices from those underrepresented mm-hmm. population, I would say. Mm-hmm. Now I just want to do like a deep dive into how bad dating apps are. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thought, too. I feel like this episode, we can actually have some more like uh, even sub episodes after this one, because this topic is very, very interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have met their significant others mm-hmm. through da- dating apps. So it does work for some people. Yeah. But for the rest of us, where does that leave us? <laughs> And I think one point we have talked about very often is that how doing a PhD is actually a journey and it's a lonely journey. Mm -hmm. I think that aloneness is something probably motivate a lot of uh, people. Or like I think, you know, if you have company, if you have the significant other, if you met your soulmate while you were doing your uh, PhD, probably you have that extra layer of support and you won't feel that alone if, you know, (laughs) just doing it all by yourself. I I don't know. How do you think about that? I completely agree. So we have talked about the importance of physical and mental health. And I think when it comes to emotional health, it's also very important. And having someone to um, support you emotionally, I think that's important too. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It really is because it's an emotional journey yeah. more than anything. It's an intellectual as well as an emotional journey. Yeah. PhD. Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, another thing I do uh, want to mention is that how it's always important for you to really learn and understand yourself. You need to know yourself. You need to understand yourself before you're able to involved in a romantic relationship. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and a lot of us, like while doing a PhD, I feel like it's probably because we're reading a lot scholarly articles or, you know, we're living in this kind of era. Information are everywhere. So you get more perspectives and then you start to think, who am I? Because you really want to answer that question first. And that's probably one of my excuses of not dating. I guess also like a tight bike to what I said earlier about how Asian guys are not considered as... Attractive? The, Is that the word I'd you're say, looking for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for it. I mean, like, um, that's probably another reason why I started my uh, fitness journey. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and you see like all those kind of stress pressure it was more like the society put those stress and pressure on us earlier i mentioned about how 
back home, things are different. But in terms of the pressure and the stress, I think it's quite consistent <laughs> all over the world, probably. Yeah, it is. And and we haven't even begun touching upon religion. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah, that that religious factor puts on another stress True. On, on the individual. So yeah. Stress, relationships, PhD. I guess what I wanted to say is just to go back on the dating app. I'm coming from the dating apps from a woman's perspective and you're coming at it from a man's perspective. I just remember a friend of mine, he said that he once pretended to be a woman just to see what kind of men <laughs> um, he would get. Well, that's interesting. Out of curiosity. This yeah. was like his own field research. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, men are less picky or selective in terms of what they choose on dating apps. I'm talking about dating apps here oh. uh, in terms of what they choose. Cause he got, he got so many hits mm-hmm. as a uh, man pretending to be a woman, Okay, but he did not get as many hits when he was being himself on the okay. dating apps. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I don't know. I found that interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I mean like on um, dating apps is different compared to the traditional way of dating mm-hmm. <laughs> probably because yeah, you can uh you, you, if you want to be someone else you can you, you can, can do be that. someone yeah. else you can yeah. be someone else like how many profiles mm-hmm. when you see them on the app and you meet them in person it's two different people exactly yeah so it's it's yeah you got to be like there's the filters and and there's the makeup and i guess women themselves are not doing like you were talking about fetishizing um i guess we're not doing ourselves a favor cuz some women are putting out like the sexiest pictures out there. Uh. <laughs> some of us aren't. Some of us are. So we're not helping ourselves either. Yeah. Sometimes, not always. But I, I was once told like dating apps, like women approach dating apps, Some most women or some mm-hmm. women or maybe just me. But I, 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 when I was on there, I approached it in terms of like finding a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, what I didn't, what I failed to understand was that men probably did not approach it the same way I did. Mm. And when I recognized that, yeah. that was when I got off the dating apps. Mm. And this actually uh, made me think of another thing I want to mention. Like, I feel like uh, whether it's on dating apps or in reality, maybe it's more like from an Eastern Asian kind of context. Um, but I feel like there are certain kind of roles or certain kind of expectations for you as a female or as a male like in okay for example like if you're dating in in china for for example like the guys are supposed to be the the one to make the initial move and to you know like okay so if we're interested in, in, in each other um, I have, uh, as, a, as a guy, I have to be the one to always start a conversation, things like that. Mm-hmm. But because we are atypical, because we are unconventional, I, I just feel like, why? If we're talking about gender equality and all those concepts, notions, and because we are educating ourselves constantly regarding those notions and not to mention gender diversity, gender identification, sexuality, uh, all those kind of things. But... Why do... Well, see, yeah. I kind of disagree with you there. Because um, there's... Yeah, we're unconventional. And I don't believe in gender roles either. Like, men should do the, dish, the dishes as well and, and mop the I floors. Agree. Um, but in terms of dating, I'm still very traditional. <laughs> I'm still, like... I, I, I'm still very traditional in the sense that I appreciate when the man opens up a door for me. Or oh, I have no problem with that. Me. 
So in that sense, like in the in the dating phase, yeah. And and when I see married couples and the man after like X number of years still waits still for his wife to sit before he sits or before he takes it, like when I see that, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that is so respect to me. Mm-hmm. How I interpret it is that oh, that's so respectful, and that's how he shows her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I'm very much traditional. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, like I said, I have no issue like being the one to start a conversation or uh, you know to be more caring and stuff like that. But at the same time, I I just feel like you can't always be the the one to give, right? You 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 also need that kind of emotional support. Like sometimes, if I'm the one who always starts the conversation, I just feel like. Is she really into me that much? Things like that. It's a risk you have to take. And and then like again, that kind of question from uh, an Eastern Asian kind of perspective shows that as a guy, you are insecure and you are vulnerable, and then you're not supposed to show those sides of you when you are mm. dating or even how you want to appear in in front of your friends and your family. So that's the kind of thing I don't really appreciate because. Yeah, I don't believe in gender as well. I feel like everyone probably has some masculine side, uh, some f- feminine sides, mm-hmm. and I, I totally like for my myself. I, I have my insecurities. I, I have my sens- sensitivities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all those kind of things. But it's just like when I cannot really be myself in front of whoever I'm dating. I just feel like no, that's not healthy. Then that's not for you. Yeah, exactly. That person's not for you. Yeah. Because for me, I think uh, probably to conclude, I just feel like if I'm thinking about sharing a life with someone, I really want that person to be the one who I can totally be myself Mm -hmm. and we are always supporting each other. Maybe not always, but I mean like 90% of the time we're supporting each other and that trust is also very important. I think in on a, on another episode we should talk about like relationships and PhD in terms of like whether or not they fall apart or they stay together. Oh I've, yeah, I've heard so an- many stories, so many stories. Anywho, if this episode resonated with you and if you liked our conversation, just leave us a comment and a review wherever you listen your podcast. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to have more of you to join our conversation and to probably suggest what kind of topics you would like to hear from us in the future. And until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we also have our website. You can find us by searching the unconventional voices, and that's pretty much uh, the tag for all our accounts. Thank you. Thank you.